it's one thing to know where fish are being caught. It's another thing to actually go and catch them. Welcome to the Deep Drop. I'm Luke McCredden and I'm joined as always by Adam Ring. And Adam, to newcomers, let's explain the Deep Drop a little bit because it's not your stock standard podcast, is it? No, it's not. Here at the Deep Drop, we tackle all the big questions. You know those sessions where you're sitting around with your old mate, not much is going on fishing-wise, more donuts than, you know, what's going on normally. (laughs) Yep. And you start asking (laughs) weird questions. Anything you can think of, we will tackle it on this podcast, which mm. means we need your feedback. Now, Luke, we've got a little bit of a special episode yes. coming up tonight. Take us through it. Yes, indeed. We've, we've, we get a lot of uh, feedback from people on Instagram and social media and people just reaching out at events and things, which is fantastic. But every now and then we get people saying, hey, I've got a question for the podcast. And we just make note of it. And we haven't really done a listener question episode yet so we thought that's what we're doing tonight that is what's happening tonight so the questions you'll hear tonight are given to us from listeners which is so exciting and we encourage as you said adam we encourage people if you're listening and you think i've got a question that might suit even if it doesn't suit who cares just send it to us we'll have a crack at it well that's what we do even if it doesn't suit, doesn't matter we have we have a go at it we put our put our spin on it Sometimes we take the piss, but that's okay. It's all part of the fun. It's all part of the fun. So get involved on Instagram, find the deep drop, shoot us a message with your ideas. In the meantime, subscribe to the podcast and head over to YouTube because our ugly faces are on YouTube now, Adam, and uh, we urge people to jump on there and have a bit of a laugh with us as well. That's enough rambling. I think it's time we get into it. This question is sent in by David Agius on Facebook. Does anyone have any fishing secrets anymore? Fishing secrets, Luke. Great question, David. Thank Mm. you for sending that in. He's a good one. When I initially saw this, Luke, in what little pre-production we do for each episode, Mm. straight away I thought, I know the answer to this. Mm. And then I thought about it, and now I don't know the answer to this. (laughs) Because my initial thought was, no, with social media, there's no secrets anymore. Because even those that want to keep the secret can't help but put stuff up there because you've got to let your followers know (laughs) that you're getting it done, right? Yeah. So my initial thought was, no, there's not. But then I sort of think back to, I think back to my days in the tackle shop and you'd speak to some of the crafty veterans that Mm. have just been pile driving fish for years and years yeah and they were really good they were really good at letting you know they were catching fish mm. with nothing yeah no information <laughs> and they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't look at you and go not telling they just know how to have the conversation and steer it in a way where they could almost give you information to think you know something but you really don't so yeah. i'll say yes there is fishing secrets but it's a dying art form. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. I think that initially you kind of go social media has kind of taken all the secret secrets from anglers away. But then it's interesting. One of the things that I think about that make me go, no, 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 there's still plenty of secrets is when you go 
to even something as simple as a boat ramp and you start chatting to someone or, or you go to an event where like a like a boat show or something like that and you just once you start mingling with people you you very quickly realize that there's loads of secrets still out there and in fact i love it i think it's great because it it means that it hasn't been ruined that surprise element of you know having to work really hard for your spot or for the for the fish you're after so i'm saying there's plenty of secrets still out there but but to a degree it's certainly opened up a lot of new fisheries for a lot of people that probably would never have known. And when I say it, I mean social media, um, that would never have known about those spots or locations. And and look, to a degree, there's an element of the actual fishing itself that a lot of people wouldn't have done because they didn't know how. So you could argue that it's a... And I, I do think it's a fantastic thing that we've got, whether it be directly social media or just more information out there from um, websites or tackle stores or whatever it is. Yes, it's taken a few of the secrets away from some of the diehards, but I think ultimately there's always going to be secrets. Well, now that now that I think about it, in a weird way, there could probably be more secrets because it's so easy for information to get out there. So the ones that were already keeping those secrets have probably gone further into the hole because the internet's <laughs> full of people trying to find information yeah. about just being able to go and catch yep. rather than learning working stuff out whether it be through weather cycles or yeah. patterns of fish or migration any of that sort of stuff so good there point. probably could be more yeah it's a good point and i think that we've spoken about kg anglers on the podcast before and we've spoken about all sorts of different um people but i think those are probably the ones that have gone like you say even tighter even cagier if that's even, yeah. even possible well, because yeah, of well, that see, exact I reason i don't know i would say I would say keeping having a fishing secret and being cagey two completely different things. Cagey, yeah. cagey's weird. Cagey's like I've taken the secrets of half a dozen other anglers, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you know that I know. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm going to and, and I'm going to lead you down the path of making you believe that I'll work that shit out. Yep. When in actual fact, it, it's not. The ones that have got the secrets are the ones that spent years and time on the water actually working it out so yeah. my question on top of a question luke is is it a detriment to fishermen that those secrets may not ever get out now because of social media oh yeah but i think that that's always been the case i think so i think about some of the best anglers i've ever met and they're not even on social media and they're not interested in necessarily spruiking what they're about like we've fished with some of the the older blokes up the south coast of new south wales ads and you just think these guys don't necessarily keep it secret, but they just do it because they enjoy it and they don't promote it. And you sort of think, I'd never heard of that until I fished with them sort of thing. So yeah. I think it's going to always be around. I think the cage, oh, that was an interesting point you made about the cagey people. And I think one of the other big differences, as you said, is that they cagey people let you know to the point of where you're almost about to find out the secret and then they go, nah, nah, nah. Nah, not saying, can't say. Yeah, Whereas the nah. secretive, the secrets, <laughs> the secrets, you wouldn't even know the angler knows. Do you, does yeah, that make exactly. sense? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, because they, they've, yeah, they've been, they've mastered the craft of keeping a secret. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's a, it's a really interesting question in a round, a lot of roundabout ways because even if we think there's no more secrets, you know, there probably is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it's, think, it's a it's a great one. really interesting question. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's, you'll yeah that's really interesting. 
I think there's some parts of fishing that is just a case of getting out there and having a go and you'll soon find out that there are people... Like, if you think you're doing something that's completely unique and, oh, this is... I'm just going to give it a go and probably fail miserably and who cares? You soon realise that, oh, wait, there's other people that are trying this. It's just that no one's talking about it. So it's a good way to find some of those... uh, not cagey people. We'll say the secret holders, the gatekeepers. Yeah, <laughs> the gatekeepers. <laughs> nice. Hey, you know what? If you're a gatekeeper, get in touch. You don't have to tell us your secrets. Just yeah. say, hey, I'm one of them. I've got something up my sleeve. Secrets are still alive. I'd love it. <laughs> yeah, hashtag gatekeeper. Do it. <laughs> gatekeeper. Love it. This next question comes from at Standing Dave on Instagram. Are expensive lures better for catching fish? Luke, this is a great question. Dave, tip of the cap to you, sir. Thank you mm. for getting involved. We really appreciate it. I've got a theory on this. There's almost a point where I think a lure gets too expensive mm. and not for the reason you may think. Not because it just takes more money out of your pocket. So you can go and buy, I don't know, whether it's, say, a a handcrafted custom GT Blue Water arrangement, Mm. right down to like $50 for essentially trout lures. Mm. I think there hits a tipping point. That sweet spot on where a lure is what you would class expensive, they are worth it over some of the cheaper ones for one reason. Mm. You get a lot more of a reliable action out of them more often. A cheap lure will 100% catch any fish that you want. But because of the quality of it, the second it gets hit or snagged or cast onto a pylon or a rock, it tends to detune and you start to get issues with swimming action, which can then cause to a downturn in catch rate. Whereas those mid to premium tier lures Mm. maintain a swimming and a reliable swimming action all the time and or for longer but the really really expensive ones Mm. they're almost too technical for their own good they're so well tuned and built (laughs) for one specific purpose that if you don't know how to work it it won't work you can't accidentally get it to swim. You can't flat wind it. You can't. You've got to work out exactly what the rod tip, what you need to do with the rod tip in order to get the maximum capability out of that lure. That's a completely different stratosphere. I don't think that's what Dave meant in this question, but it is a thing. But I would say yes. Spending a little bit more more money on a lure is of benefit, only because you get a lot more of a reliable swimming action all the time. Yeah, I think there's. I, I'm a little bit torn on this, and I, I, I hear what you're saying completely, but I also think there's a bit of case by case to it as well. So some, you know, and I'll use to start with because we could break it down into all the different lure categories. We won't. We don't have time. But like squid jigs, for example, if we're just just plucking that straight off the bat, there's a fifty dollar squid jig out fisher, fifteen dollar squid jig, and does Definitely and does not. it does it fit the category? What you're saying is it can get out of tune or out you know a bit wonky or whatever well well squid jigs are an interesting one because Mm. my issue with a lot of the really cheap squid jigs is the weight is the chin weight on it is way too heavy so you can get an action out of it no worries but it just plummets to the bottom either getting snagged quicker more often 
or you've got Fair to be enough. a little bit more aggressive with the rod yeah. to get. But but that's actually a really good and easy fix. How many times, Luke, as, as kids or when we were just getting into it, you and I used to go down to the pier and squidfish. Mm. We'd be on the side finding a bit of concrete, scratching the actual chin weight down because <laughs> at that time you could only buy squid jigs that were like five yeah. for ten bucks out of a dump in. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd just start yeah. grinding weight off because we were generally off piers, so we're fishing quite shallow water. Yeah. You, you, the last thing you want to do is start doing that to a thirty-five dollar squidgy. No, yeah, no, and I, I, I would agree with that. And then on the, I suppose the other end of the spectrum, you mentioned blue water. I look at some of the stick baits, poppers, and some of the really high, fast sort of retrieve type surface lures as well that you can pay in excess of a hundred. 120 150 at times I, I struggle with those a little bit I, I feel like there's stick baits on the market and look you're heavily involved and, and have been forever in the tackle industry you wouldn't say that some of the lures or the products on the market that are in the 20 to 50 dollar bracket wouldn't catch fish would you oh definitely not and i think especially yeah. especially in a top water type scenario Oh, we could go on about this topic. Oh, I know, now. I know. I really start thinking about it. Yeah, it's it's because it's a it's a brilliant question. I think when you start getting into the really expensive hundred dollar stuff, you're almost paying for the artwork and the craftsmanship. Yeah. They tend to be custom made or custom built and hand painted, which are brilliant. I, I yeah. get it, but I think in that sort of situation, spending twenty to thirty dollars, you're going to get more of an, an action, a durability thing. Maybe maybe I get it in that in that regard but i'll leave that to the people at home yeah there's probably an element of it that's about the hardware as well on some of the some of the expensive ones but you can do a bit of upgrading on some cheaper ones for and still be under that price point you mentioned and i'm just going to break into another type of lure um is a is a like a a a metal jig like a vertical jig so to speak they're another one that i'm like i'm conscious of not being a tight ass with my tackle i like good gear you know that um but yeah. i'm also a, a conscious of the fact that why am i spending 80 dollars on a vertical jig that a i feel like will do very much the same thing as a 20 to 40 dollar jig b every chance of hitting a reef and losing it in the first drop <laughs> and yeah. c yeah. Like if I if I'm worried about the the assist hooks or the or the hardware on it, I'm comfortable upgrading that for it. Still fairly under a fairly tight budget. You're talking about speed jigs, like high yeah. speed, mm. high speed jigs. Yeah, cool. That that I sort of get. And the biggest the biggest thing you find with a lot of those cheap. Actually, come to think of it, you, you see it on some of the expensive one too. Just how soft the the lead can be mm. on them. Though most of them are probably being made lead free now with everything going on, but yeah that that's definitely an issue but yeah but again uh someone someone tell me oh yeah like a slow fall or a slow fall or a pitch jig i 100 percent get if if the if the cut of that jig where it's positioning the weight isn't perfect you don't get the desired action i 100 percent get that a high yeah. speed jig someone tell me what i'm missing because i think i agree with you there yeah luke like what you're working everything so hard and so fast. Yeah. Where's the benefit? Where's the That's benefit? It. 
You know what so I mean? No, so it doesn't need to be spot on. No. And, and this is, I suppose, the areas I've brought up tonight and I'm trying to sort of give my thoughts on are expensive lures better for catching fish? I don't think when it comes to squid jigs, it's the case. I don't think when it comes to high-speed sort of surface lures, it's the case. And I don't think that high-speed vertical jigs, it's the case. But that's my opinion. Um, and this is the beauty of it. There's so many lures on the market that you can, you can, you can get a really good range of lures for your tackle box at a fairly cost-effective um, price point that will catch fish. But then again, there's you can you can hit the mid to high range price points and know that you're getting reliable lures with a bit of durability. But then you can go right at the top end of the scale and get a shitload of crazily expensive lures that the durability will be there, the actions will hang around and the hardware is going to be good, but it goes back to the question. I, I don't know whether they're going to catch more fish. If I was to just try to break it down, I'm saying, I'm saying a general no to this question, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, at risk of not answering the question directly... <laughs> I, I think you're good at no, that. No, because I think no, I know. <laughs> I, you're I think, um No, actually, I'm going to put words into Dave Standing's mouth to suit my answer. Okay. I, I'll assume that Dave meant expensive lure that you can buy at any tackle shop. Yeah. Not delving into the ultra high end crazy stuff where you've got to search around and there's some you know there's some websites there that really do specialize in this stuff and it's mm. beautiful stuff like world yeah. class. Yeah. I I do think you get in the long run, better value out of that, say, mid to high. Every lure has its different price point, which suits yeah. mid to high. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of get it on that regard too. But I, I think, I mean, lures are lures. They're so easy to lose on the first cast. This is the yep. biggest issue. They really are, <laughs> whether it's snag or a knot fails or whatever. I but would... I, I do think it's, it's generally worth paying a little bit more because you're going to find the experience. You're going to find it a lot easier. You don't need to be 100% in tune on how to use the lure to get it to do what it needs to do. I think mm. it does make it a little bit easier spending that little bit more. I think this is a great one for the people, Ads. I think this is yeah, going to be oh, one sure. that we get some different um, opinions on, which is awesome. Um, let us know where you sit. Expensive lures, are they better for catching? Are they all they're hyped up to be? Or are they a bit of a gimmick and you sit down in the lower echelon of price points? Which And, and there's no right or wrong, by the way. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it good, perfect. Whatever yeah, suits you and, is and spot on. That's right. And give us some detail in your answer as in, I mean, don't give us a 12-page spread, but <laughs> what, what, whatever, fishing, whatever fishing you enjoy doing, so say squid jigs, what's the price bracket in which you think it's worth spending? Yeah. yeah. That, that's really interesting, interesting to me because I've got answers for all that. It's not this question. Right. Um, but it's, <laughs> I'd love to see where people go with it. Love it, love it. Let's do it. This next question comes in from at Blue Water Johnny on Instagram. Does social media coverage ruin fishing spots? Where do I start? Now, keep in mind, keep in mind that social media coverage—we're we're talking Facebook, Instagram, YouTube—and um, you know, yep. so we won't we won't sort of delve into the TV stuff. But I think the social media aspect of it, definitely. And I think, and to preface this, we have already shit canned all the people out there that put this, the old lightning bolt storm going on <laughs> in the background to try and hide where they caught they caught yeah. fish, blurring out an empty horizon line. 
<laughs> that's right. That's my I favorite do step. understand. <laughs> I do understand where people come from by thinking this or doing this. Mm. I do get it, and it's a it is a very good argument to have. But I have a very specific theory on this, Luke. I'd love your input on this too because mm. it's interesting. It's yeah. one thing to know. It's one thing to know where fish are being caught. It's another thing to actually go and catch them. And yeah. this is my biggest. This is my biggest. It's not even an argument. It's just my conversation starter when someone brings this up. If you're fishing up an estuary, catching bass, perch, whatever, or you're out in the Western Port Heads catching kingfish, it's one thing to know exactly where they are. Mm. It's another thing to actually try and catch them. It's completely different. Yeah. And there's there are some days where those fish are there, they're stacked up, they hang around, they're hungry, and anybody will catch them on anything. Yeah. But generally speaking, I think it probably gets overthought a little bit. And I think where this question even arises is more turning up to that spot after you've worked it out and there's 400 people fishing it. Yeah. That I won 100% and I completely understand and is why at the end of the day I would probably side with maybe it is worth being mindful of where you're taking photos if it's somewhere mm. or taking video of somewhere yeah. that you regularly fish. But I don't like the idea of it being hidden, but I understand it because I do yeah. think it, it's so much harder to actually put that knowledge of even where they are into practice than what a lot of people give it credit for. I think I agree with you on the boat pressure thing. I, I'm, I, I, well, on both fronts, actually, you've got to still be able to catch them. So you can, I mean, you can know the best fishing spot in the world, but if you're not skilled enough, you're not going to catch them still. Um, unless, you know, like I said, there's that stupid bite. I think the biggest thing for this and, and the biggest probably frustration for some people might be around the fact that if it's a, um, should we say, a boy in Western Port, <laughs> a particular marker, that it would might cop 500 boats on it and just really... And, and that does affect the fishing, regardless of if you're catching fish or not. And, and it's the same it can be said for up an estuary. The same can be said for on a trout river. The same can be said for a lot of those locations where... Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a hack and you you don't know what you're doing. If your boat's on there churning around, it it does have an impact. So I get that frustration. Well, I, I also think about this from a point of view of let's use YouTube for example, right? So if you've got a channel or you're a you know you're a creator on there, and your main goal is to you know get people to watch what you're doing and you're creating some good content. You probably can't, it's a, it's a fine line between doing that and also being cautious of what you're doing and that of, of what you're showing and that affecting the final product that you're producing because you almost can't be you can be both but you almost have to choose one you've got to almost bite the bullet and say I just want to get shit hot footage to share with my subscribers or my followers or whatever it is and if that's at the detriment or sacrifice of showing where I am so be it. Or if you're so, so concerned about the spot, don't fucking fish there. Don't film there. Don't take photos there. If you're that passionate about not knowing, people not knowing where you are, put the camera away. What are you doing? That's where I stand with it. Does that make sense? I think That's you've almost got to be one a, or the other. For a YouTuber, 
and I think there's there's some YouTubers doing some incredible things. But Luke, hundred percent, I could not have I could not have agreed more with what you just said. If you're not willing, say you've got a local waterway where you learnt the ropes, mm. and you want to keep it that way, where obviously nowhere's a secret anymore, but you don't want to put it, you don't want to put it in the public eye where everybody can see where you're going. Leave it out. Mm. Don't put it yeah. in. Take take the knowledge that what you've learnt in that system and go and go and put that knowledge into the next system or somewhere where you are comfortable filming. I, I think that's. That's honestly, Luke. That's probably the right answer in this situation because I get I everybody's so. argument. I, re, I respect everybody's yeah. argument, but it's got to come down. It's got to come down to each individual person. You you got to realize what you are doing and what information you are putting out there. Yeah, and make a call. And I, I can totally see why. Say you had a piece of water that was fairly well um, hidden, as far as it didn't. It doesn't get pressure on social on the socials or anything like that. And then all of a sudden someone comes and films a show or a YouTube thing or whatever and you sort of you can get frustrated with that. I understand that would be. But I, I do also think that, you know, the, the ones that are doing it are probably less interested about, you know, showing where they are. I, I just, yeah, I just think it's I just think it's a fine line. So it's, it's kind of hard to get overly frustrated because reality is if you're a creator, content creator producing this stuff, I'd hate to say it, but, there's a fair chunk of your followers and your viewers that are watching it to find out where you are. So, oh, so you're for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, Especially so if almost, you're good at what you do. If you're good yeah. at what you do, 100 percent people are looking at that. It's a compliment, yeah. but just be yeah. aware of it. Does it does it happen? Um, and does it affect areas? Yeah, I think it probably does. Like, there's certainly some places that people will see. And and look, the other part of it is this is modern day um, digital world where. People are releasing episodes of their on their channels literally the day after or even the, the night of that they've just gone and done it. Whereas back before all that, it, when it was TV, I mean, they were filming it 12 months before you actually saw it. So there's not yeah, that exactly. currency yeah, about right. it. Um, so I think I think that's a big part of it now. And, and there's no doubt that even if it's just a, something on Instagram or Facebook and you see that and you, you can fairly quickly work out where they are or you've got a friend who saw him at the boat ramp and he tells that person and she tells that person and before you know it yeah there's 500 boats there um yeah it's a fine line i, I think I, I get the frustration it's of hard. a lot of people it's really hard i get the that it does affect areas for sure um but i think um there's going to be a lot of different opinions and that's awesome we want to hear that but to summarize you still got to be good enough to catch it catch them if you're a creator, you've either got to put the camera away or go for gold and suck it up. Deal with it. Well, it's well, the way it, of the world. Own it either way. Own it. Yeah, own it either way. By no means do you need to plaster all over the screen exactly where you are. But if people pick yeah. it up, yeah. just be aware that that is an option. Yeah. And it probably will happen because yeah. that's what some people, you know, some people do. It's, it's hard. I don't know if we gave an answer, Luke, but I'm pretty happy where we're at. Yeah, I'm happy with where we're at because the thing is too, and and again, this is another take on it. The you, the social media space, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever it is, is a learning platform for a lot of people. People watch and learn off it, um, whether it's be tying a knot or actually fishing out in the water. Um, so, uh, yeah. So ultimately, they're going to go. Well, that worked there. I'm going to go give it a go. 
I think it's I think it's to be celebrated, but also yeah, you maybe be a bit Respected. careful. Respected. Good yep. one. Good one. Well, I think we've. Uh, well, I hope we've covered off on on the three questions we got from our, our listeners, and there are a few more that we'll we'll chuck in in different episodes ads. But thank you to everyone who got involved tonight. They were great questions. They were actually, oh, we could have expanded on those for hours. They were really deep questions. Yeah. Some of those. We have to think about these questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay, in future, if you're going to send us questions, don't make us think about them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can we, can't we just take the piss out of something? It's easier. No, that was great. So thank you very much. And and by all means, Instagram's probably the best place if you want to slide on into the DMs and hit us a question. Hit us up with a question and we'll, we'll do our best at tackling it. We'll do our very, very best and we'll certainly have a bit of fun with it. But that is it for the night and we are, um, you know, we're loving it. We're having a ball. Get involved. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Jump across to Instagram to follow Jump across to YouTube now and, and give it a bit of a subscription um, and tell your friends. Spread the word, spread the love. We're looking forward to the next episode. Adam, any final thoughts? No, great questions. I have to think way too hard and now I'm very tired. So thanks to all three that got involved. No, but se- seriously though, great questions. We could have spoke about them for a, a lot a lot oh, yeah. longer. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, great lot. questions. Excellent. Thanks everyone. We'll be back. We'll be back.